Welcome to your headquarters for knowledge and helpful advice on a variety of topics, all from trusted experts in their fields. It's time for River City Podcast. Dr. Harris has a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology and specializes in workplace wellness. Workplace wellness involves stress reduction, executive coaching, leadership analysis and development, improving employee morale, increasing workplace productivity and retention, and hosting workplace wellness events. Dr. Harris has over 13 years experience as a licensed professional counselor, is a registered play therapist with the Association of Play Therapy, and a board-approved clinical supervisor for LPC residents in Virginia. Dr. Harris's past work experience includes lecturer of psychology, industrial organizational psychologist, licensed professional counselor, and program manager. Dr. Harris is the CEO of Individual and Employee Wellness, a wellness center that serves all dimensions of wellness. Her office will be opened in the next month in Williamsburg, Virginia. She recently formed Wellness Retreats, a company that focuses on renewal through retreats, travel, and continuing education. She is certified in first-line therapy, a personalized lifestyle medicine approach that incorporates diet, exercise, and lifestyle intervention for managing and promoting health. Dr. Harris services Metagenics, a practitioner-exclusive supplement and service brand. Her mission is to create happier, healthier, and more productive communities across the world. She has two children, loves to exercise, snorkel, scuba dive, and travel internationally. Welcome, Dr. Harris, to River City Podcast. Hi, it's great to be here. So I want to start off today talking about a topic that's very real for many of us, and that's the impact of COVID and post-COVID on overall individual and employee wellness. Yes, I'm sure we all remember that day that COVID was announced and how it changed our lives in so many dramatic ways. COVID has had dramatic effects on all of our dimensions of wellness. So when we talk about dimensions, there's eight core dimensions, and those are physical, emotional, occupational, social, environmental, every aspect of our lives have been changed by COVID and post-COVID. Specifically and most important, the mental health and occupational health. I don't think mental health has ever had such a microscope on it and had people actually acknowledge the validity of it, which is great for you because people, I think, are going to be less resistant to, you know, not wanting to deal with it because it's becoming okay to deal with it because everybody has experienced it in the last few years. Yes, it has become more acceptable to speak about and there is more support and it's much overdue and needed. So let's talk a little bit about mental health. There's some statistics in terms of really kind of what's happened with COVID. Do you want to touch on those a little bit? Sure. So the research that I found on post-COVID, the effects that it had on mental health is severe. So according to the World Health Organization, major depressive disorders and anxiety disorders have increased by more than 25% post-COVID. This is around the entire world, impacting mostly low- and middle-income countries and individuals. Dramatic effect. What are some of those specific mental health issues that you see? I've seen so many effects of post-COVID, but the main ones that the research shows the most dramatic effects has been, of course, stress. Pervasive anxiety, there's now this fear of the next 
pandemic. So there's this pervasive, overwhelming anxiety, depression, and suicidal rates are higher. The biggest concerning symptom that I see in work health and emotional is this disabling loneliness. And the disabling loneliness has dramatically impacted depression, suicide rates, anxiety, panic, and alcohol and drug abuse. Yeah, I remember hearing something about the ABC store delivering during COVID. (laughs) Wow. I guess in their mind was profit, but people weren't going out and stores were closed and they changed their whole uh, methodology of only allowing people to come to them and started delivering. And I think that was a really big detriment to a lot of people that were already kind of teetering with alcoholism. Yes, Jessica, you make a great point. So according to the research, loneliness was already an epidemic before COVID. So after COVID, we're seeing an extreme, even more disabling loneliness. And I can relate a story. I live by myself. So during COVID, during those first initial months of complete shutdown, the only interaction I had with individuals was walking on my trail outside with other individuals with masks on. There was no physical. There was nothing. Those were the best days that I had was to at least see someone on a trail with a mask on. And I can just imagine what young children, elderly individuals, or other people experienced during that time. Well, and interestingly, I, you know, I've known a lot of people that were alone during that time and it was heartbreaking. But on the other realm, there were marriages that fell apart because they were together all the time. So then you have that whole aspect. Yes. And families together all the time with virtual schooling and just the chaos that that caused in families and lifestyle. Yeah, Monday was a great day for us getting the kids on the bus and uh, (laughs) knowing that we didn't have to be trapped in a house with them this year. Yes. So let's talk about occupational health post-COVID. What are you seeing there? Occupational health, extreme job burnout, chronic stress syndrome, exhaustion, anxiety, fatigue, which impacts. So a person that's extremely exhausted and fatigued and burned out, it significantly affects their performance the way that they feel connected to the workplace and their behaviors of affiliation to the workplace. So alcohol use, again, massive unemployment and mandatory work from home orders increase alcohol and drug abuse. And we saw that in the workplace. But most importantly, again, this extreme isolation and loneliness in, again, an already epidemic of loneliness and isolation. So we're seeing that in the workplace as well. Speaking about wellness, when we say wellness, can you talk a little bit more about the dimensions that are involved with that? So there are eight core dimensions of a wellness, and I'll explain briefly all of them. And again, COVID has affected all of these dimensions. So we have the physical component that most of us know about COVID. We have those emotional components. We have occupational, which is work. We have financial, intellectual, spiritual, social, and environmental. One of these dimensions are off. All of them are off. So for example, if we are experiencing a work stressor, maybe our supervisor doesn't have the appropriate leadership skills or ways to manage stress, it's going to significantly affect our mental health and other dimensions as well. So when one of those dimensions are off, all of the dimensions are affected. The thing that's so interesting about it is that a lot of employers didn't get the memo on it's time to pivot and adjust because society has changed fundamentally. And it was sort of like, it's time to come back to work now. And after that long being out, it was shocking for people. 
It's very shocking to think that we have just survived the most traumatic two or three years, and we're supposed to just go back to our lives like nothing happened. Our children go back to school. We go back to work. We go back into the environment as if nothing has happened. And who is there to process what we've been through? Who is talking about it? Who's processing this traumatic effect that COVID has had on all areas of our life? You're talking about it. And so we're glad that you're here. And if you can elaborate a little bit on what an IO psychologist is and how you help. That's a long word. So I always say IO psychologist, but it refers to what we call an industrial organizational psychologist. So IO psychology is the study of the workplace. That's a very small dimension of psychology where most people know about the other dimensions, but IO psychology is specifically the study of the workplace. So an IO psychologist goes into the workforce and they use psychological principles and research methods to solve problems in the workplace to improve the quality of life for employees. A little bit deeper than HR. Yes, yes, (laughs) just a little bit deeper. And what does the research show is really needed post-COVID for mental and workplace wellness? Sure. So the research that I found that's needed for this emotional and mental health well-being is a community-based strategy to support resiliency and psychological resilience, which could include many facets as far as having adequate psychological services available to the community, access to online platforms. Telemedicine is a huge support for the community, especially those who are underserved in our community and don't have access to driving or coming to a therapy appointment. There's also a suggestion of hotlines for mental health. I know that we have done a great job having a suicide hotline, but I've yet to see an actual hotline that someone can call in and process mental health issues. What we'd like to see is more healthy habits posted on social media. So children and young adults can look at social media as a support and some healthy behaviors, whether it's eating healthy, exercise, or any type of positive coping skills that they can learn through social media. So it's really building that psychological resilience. And lastly, for mental health is this enhanced social support. We need to support our community to connect with one another because we know that individuals that have social support are less likely to develop psychological distress and psychiatric conditions. So that is a vital attribute that we need in our community. Dr. Harris, can you give me an example of a company that you work for and something that you've got going on right now that's really helping? Sure. And one example is I work with a particular company with the CEO, and I provide to her leadership assessment of her leadership skills. And then I provide to her the coaching in those areas in which she's deficit in. And then I'm also working with her employees to provide leadership training and development to them as well. So it's a top to bottom approach. And then I also go into the workplace there and we're trying to improve productivity in her work. We are trying to solve conflict with employees and we're trying to really retain good employees and to assist with high turnover rates. That's just an example. I really do think that at the beginning of time, which actually in this case is probably the 80s, when HR came into play with businesses, Mm -hmm. this was the intent. Yeah. It backfired. Yeah. It really has backfired. And if employers are listening to this, put your HR people on the back burner, bring in Dr. Harris, (laughs) 
This is real deal. This is actually there to help, not to kind of have an agenda. Exactly. A lot of the employees, they have to get used to the fact this isn't a punitive. This is as a social support to you. And when I have employees that thank me and they become tearful that I've helped create a less intense work environment and healthy work environment, it's so rewarding to hear the success of the company and the changes that they've made. I would even think from an employee standpoint, knowing that your boss is open to improving and to being a better leader would give a whole level of respect just in itself. You're exactly right, Jessica. That's what I'm told. I can't thank you enough for coming on board with this business and that my boss thinks it's that important to invest in us. Right. And that speaks volumes. And what do you believe an employer's role is in their employees' mental health? I am so thrilled about a workplace wellness. I wanted to tell you a little bit about, I belong to the SIOP organization, Society for Industrial Organizational Psychology. And what they have done is they have done research to evaluate what will be the top trends for 2022 for the workplace. And I'm so excited that they're finally going to address the mental health needs of employees. Again, this has been something that has been long overdue and the pandemic exacerbated the need to focus on mental health for our employees and organizations play a huge role in safeguarding our employees' mental health. One of the things that just occurred to me is I would think that businesses, corporations are way more open to this idea because it is so difficult right now to replace anyone that leaves. At least my lifetime, your lifetime, has it ever been so difficult to find employees and get them to stay? So it seems that they are doing more than they've ever done to ensure that their people are happy, whether it be a flex schedule, a hybrid schedule, working from home, or taking care of their employees' mental health goes right along with that. What are some things that employers could actually do to help their team? This could be through mental health programs and interventions in the workplace. It could be through incorporating trainings on stress management. It could be having more direct contact with your employee through calls and check-ins with the employee. It could be peer assistant programs. And another work trend for 2022 is going to be really focusing on workplace stress and burnout. Dr. Harris, tell us about the services that you're providing to help corporations really take care of their employees. Sure. So IE Wellness is a company that focuses on the core dimensions of all areas of wellness. So we offer counseling, we offer workplace initiatives, corporate wellness packages, leader training and development, stress management techniques. We offer physical health services through supplements or referrals to providers. We offer financial training. We are also going to start focusing on travel and retreats that helps to assist individuals with social, environmental, and spiritual health. We also offer continuing education, which serves that intellectual piece of dimension of wellness. I am already helping in the workplace, and I'll describe a typical day for me in the workplace would be I go in, attend meetings. I may do leadership training and development to the staff from the top to the bottom. I might go in and teach stress management techniques. I go into a workplace and look to improve certain productivity or whatever problems they may have, I try to assist each company. So each company has its own problems and own interventions that are used. So you really are a one-stop wellness center. We are a one-stop wellness center where 
health is your greatest wealth. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And thank you for everything that you're doing for our community, for the individuals, but also for the employers, because I know it's a very stressful time for them right now. You know, they're having a hard time meeting their quotas and getting done what they need to get done. So I think it's great kind of all around. And we appreciate you, Dr. Harris. Thank you. I appreciate you, Jessica. And for everyone wanting to reach out to Dr. Harris, you can find her at iewellnesscenter.com. That's iewellnesscenter.com. Thanks for listening to River City Podcast. If you're interested in setting up a podcast for your business, go to rivercityconsulting.com. 